0: We'll get going here. Um. So, good morning to you all. So, the uh, let's go ahead and we'll start in prayer. And as we always like to do, I like a few people praying. Um, what we're going to do today is finish the why of evangelism. Why we evangelize. So. Last week was just a really big, kind of like a fire hose of theology um, that um, I always hate doing, but I wish I could do last week and this week together in one class, but I couldn't come up with a way of doing that, so we had to split it up. This is part two of the Why of Evangelism, and this is the application side of things, so theology is great. But if you don't teach the application of theology, you're kind of like, well, that was great knowledge, but what do I do with it? So that's what we're going to talk about and discuss about today is now that we know the why of evangelism, let's take that and we're going to apply it today. Okay, so um, let's go ahead and we'll pray. Can I have a few volunteers to just pray and just ask us, you know, to ask God to help us just with wisdom um, and just understanding and desire to why we should evangelize him, which is to worship him. So, Diane? Justin? Anybody else? Brother B? All right. So, just in that order, you three guys go ahead and we'll pray here to start us off. Father, we praise and worship you. Your
1: good news is worth proclaiming. Me say that by faith, but Father, we come to you seeking the courage, um, the words, the heart, um, because we cannot generate that in ourselves, and we thank you that you are the God who can bring new life and new things out of us, um, that because you exist and your Holy Spirit is powerful, we can change and grow And so we ask for change and growth in spreading the good news that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus and that your love is sufficient to cleanse us from sin and powerful enough to raise the dead. So we ask you to help us crucify our flesh. And would you please raise us? to be your ambassadors, to love you enough to tell the good things that you are doing and are offering to the world around us. In Jesus' name, I ask these things.
2: Dear Love, Lord, uh, thank you so much for this opportunity to be in this class, to learn uh, about the gospel, Lord, and, and how to how to proclaim it to others, Lord? You you've called us to to be ambassadors of your good word, and we just pray that you uh, open our minds, open our hearts to the message today, Lord, and that we be able to take it in and find a way to reciprocate it, Lord, and and go tell others that we love, that we don't even know, Lord, um, that that you are the the God that that's so. Loving and generous and you've given this opportunity to us and lord. We just proclaim your name uh, As only uh, we can through you Um, And it's not by our works lord That we uh, deserve this Uh, we couldn't even hope to fathom to deserve any of this lord But you give it to us freely you give it to us in a way that we can share it with others And lord, we just thank you for that Uh, Please keep us uh, healthy, safe, and Lord, help us to proclaim your name. To your name I pray, Lord. Father, what a joy it is to just
3: come together this morning as a group of people who love you. And you know, you told us to go into all the world and preach preach the gospel to every creature. And, uh, Lord, you, you... Call upon me, he said, now nah, I will answer thee. He will show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest so. not. Lord, we're calling this morning. I just pray you help us to to, to look for, to to, to be as sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And uh, I just pray again this morning for Jim, who just lives a couple miles from here. And uh, bless Kyle as he
0: shares the word with us, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, so like I said, we're going to get into the practical side of matters here with personal evangelism, and then moving forward for the rest of the class is going to be very practical. So next week, we're having Amanda King here. She's going to do her official, vi- official visit here, and she's going to be in our class. So I think we're going to be over there um, for... Amanda King, but we're going to talk a little bit. She'll give like a brief update of her ministry there, but she also wants to talk a little bit about evangelism and the context in um, Ecuador. Um, We're going to, then Mark's going to speak to spiritual warfare uh, and the importance of acknowledging that and what do we do now that we know that. Um, Then we're going to have Jerry McCorkle, who's the founder of Spread Truth Ministries. He's going to uh, present um, uh, some practical things as well. Then we're gonna get into some evangelism methods. The methods aren't important. It's the fact that you actually use those methods, right? <laughs> so there's a whole bunch of hundreds of different ways of, of sharing the Gospel. Um, we're just gonna share a couple of them. And then the important thing of, okay, somebody who's interested. You're like, oh, I don't know what I do now. so. What are some discipleship Bible studies that we can take people through with somebody that's actually interested in the Bible? And instead of handing them off to somebody else, you're the one with the relationship. You're the one that should lead them through a discipleship um, thing. So we're gonna. Those will be the practical things. Um, to recap, since this is part two, we need to recap part one. Um, we talked about. Matthew chapter 22, 34 through 40 is the um, greatest commandment. So love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. So um, we talked about that, where we need to love God, love others. First John 4, 19 was um, we love because God first loved us. John 13, 34 through 35 was a new commandment I give you that you love one another just as I have loved you you also are to love one another by this all people will know that you are my disciple my disciples that you love one another so that aspect of loving God loving others um, and when we love we show that Jesus Christ um, was sent for us and so that's evidence to the whole world when we love others um, That's a great source of evangelism right there. So we talked about um, loving God, um, loving God and loving others is key in there. So then we also talked about worship. So that should be our motive in everything, worshiping. And I had worship is the, anybody remember, blank and blank of evangelism. So worship, you guys remember that one? Yep, worship is the fuel and of evangelism. Goal. Goal, good. And then I also had up here, love is key. Okay, so worship is the fuel and goal of evangelism. So if we start making other things other than this, worship is the fuel and goal. If we make things, it, be, it very easily can become man-centered. Not necessarily, but it can become man-centered. If getting people saved and decisions for Christ becomes your goal, what can happen if that becomes a man-centered goal? What do you guys think? I think I think you've seen that a lot happening, but what do you think, Di? You
1: just you feel like a failure because it becomes about you and what you're okay. doing instead of God?
0: Yeah. So last year you led 30 people to Christ. This year you're five, right? You're failing, okay? What's another way of thinking, like, if, if decisions for Christ is your goal, what can happen when it becomes man-centered?
2: The focus can be <clears throat> shifted from... The personal relationship with that person, helping them along in their walk with God to just a hey, this guy's done. Now I'm going to move on to the next one. Okay. And so I think you, you start <clears throat> using that personal connection as well as where the focus should be, which is helping yeah. to lead others to God. Yeah. Instead of just, I'm going to, like you said, like I'm going to do 30 this year and, yeah. and now I'm, I'm only going to do 10.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, so you've stopped instead of the goal is to love them and to and to glorify God with that relationship, you're like, oh, check. Yep. I'm moving on to the next one. Yep. Okay. It's
1: using other people.
0: Okay.
4: There was an evangelist one time. He prayed, prayed, and you thought he was going to get this great harvest. He got one person. That one person was a shoe salesman. A shoe salesman led D.L. Moody to. So he really got a great harvest.
0: Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> he just didn't yeah.
4: think he had. He thought he'd been
0: a failure. Yeah. Yeah, so that's what happens when we put our expectations and what we want to happen above what God wants to happen, right? Okay. So so there's nothing wrong with wanting a lot of people to come to Christ, don't get me wrong, but when we start making man-centered goals, we start Trumping what God wants and start becoming God ourselves, right? And so we end up worshiping ourselves in a way. So it become we can become manipulative. Um, another thing that we can do is we start using methods to manipulate people into making decisions for Christ that aren't really happening. So that's another way that we can do that. That I've seen happening. That okay. So um, so we have to watch that. We want worship. Um, to the, be the key. So the chief end of man is to glorify God. And I also said the chief end of God is to glorify God, okay? So, and then we went through a whole bunch of verses where the Bible and over numerous topics say, God does things for the sake of his name, for the sake of his glory, he, um, he glorifies himself. So God will fulfill his purposes in this world. And what is his purposes? that the whole world will bow to him and worship and praise his name. That is his purposes. And so, um, and then you can turn to Psalm 67, which I love. So it's like, if we believe that God will fulfill his purposes and every knee will bow and every tongue will confess, let's get on this personal evangelism bandwagon because it's going to happen, right? And so we want to be a part of God's chief end is to glorify him. And so he uses us for his glory. We're his instruments. You know, it's his power, right? Um, It's his, it's wanting to worship him is what fuels us. And so we want to glorify him. So listen to this in the context of glorifying of the whole nations glorifying in 67. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us that your way may be known on the earth, your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy for you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. And so we want to be a part of that. And so God has ordained the words coming out of our mouth as a mechanism um, for salvation. Okay. And what a great, he doesn't have to use us, right? But he wants to use us. Okay. So we have an opportunity to praise and glorify him by uh, confessing his name and loving others. Um, for his glory. Okay, so we're going to talk about this a little bit more. So I'm going to ask you a question, and if this doesn't make any sense, you know, um, that's fine. So we'll go over it again. (laughs) So a husband, I I used this on my small group last night, and mixed results. Okay, so a husband says, uh, so a wife, a a wife asks his husband, Husband, for a kiss good night, and the husband asks, replies, "Must I kiss you good night every night?" She replies, "You must, but not that kind of must." Okay, so I'm gonna say it again. So a wife asks for a kiss good night, and a husband says, "Must I kiss you good night every night?" And she replies, "You must, but not that kind of must." What are the two definitions of must the wife used? And for those that are taking this for credit, you want to particularly pay attention to this discussion. (laughs) This will be part of the homework. And if you do want to do the homework, it's not too late. I can let you know what the homework assignments are. um, But just email me there or text me if you have my phone number or any other email is fine. Okay, so you guys thinking about that? Or you're like, whoa, that went over my head, Kyle. It's a weird way of thinking things. And it's like wives out there know exactly what we're talking about, but you have to like put that to words. It's like, okay, what bothers me about that? How did the husband fail? <laughs>
1: well, it, to me, it would be obligation versus like okay.
0: genuine love. Obligation. So, what do you mean by love? Because there's love here, right? Because if he hated her, what would he do? Like. Pff- gonna kiss you. I hate you. So there's some love there. But what what is the
5: the second one is more like I must because if I don't I, I can be without it.
1: Without
5: doing okay. it. So it's more like he loves uh, yeah. in such a way that he can pass that he cannot go to sleep without giving her a kiss.
0: So it's a not a compulsion, but an obli- not an obligation. We're not thinking like that, but we're thinking like a longing, a longing. Okay. So we got one down here. This is the first one. This is the. Um, sorry, I got it backwards. the The second one, and this is the first. So, um, so when she says you must, but not that kind of must. You know what I should say? Me. Just to clarify, I'm going to say husbands, and then the wives. So, okay. So you must, but not that kind of must. So must I kiss you goodnight every night? You must, but not that kind of must. So, what do you think more about that as you think through that? I'll give you another one, just to kind of. So, just we we want to go back to defining must. Um, I um, a husband has an anniversary, husband and wife have an anniversary. Um, husband buys flowers, goes, goes, to the, goes to the wife, gives flowers, and the wife goes, oh, thanks for the flowers. And it's like, it's my duty as your husband to get you these flowers. No problem.
4: I, think <laughs> I love you, I'm giving you these flowers. Well, but he,
0: he genuinely loves her. He's like, I love you, I'm your husband, I'm going to give these to you. We have a duty to fight for our country, right? They love their country, so soldiers will sign up, fight for their country. But what are, so it, we all recognize, let's put that to words, we all recognize that that bothers us. And why does that bother us? Why, do, why are we annoyed at the husband?
4: What's the motivation? Okay. Like does does the does, does the duty come out? Is it born out of
1: love,
0: okay.
4: or is it born out of head knowledge or or this this idea like, okay. well, I know because I'm married to you that I have a duty to, to do this. It,
0: yeah. I, you know, yeah. That,
4: right?
0: I, I, so a duty to an institution of marriage, right? Sure, yeah, that. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I
4: think so.
0: Okay, and then what would be the opposite of that?
4: Sticking with alliteration, obligation and overflow, or duty and desire.
0: Okay, desire. So, desire. Yeah, duty, desire. Like overflow, what do you mean, overflow? Well,
4: it's an overflow of his uh, heart for her, as opposed to the obligation of, same thing with with the institution.
0: Okay, so an overflow of desire. So it kind of goes through a longing. Us husbands are thinking through, okay, did I ever do that? <laughs> 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 I just feel like the top one, like, almost is uh,
1: focused <clears throat> It can be focused a lot more on the husband's wanting to be a good husband, wanting to fulfill his duty, like, it's about, also about him. It's not about his love for his wife, necessarily. It's just, I want to do a good job. I want to not fail. Look good. performance, that's what I'm looking for. It's his performance uh, more than his motive.
0: Yeah, so maybe a guilt a guilt motivator guilt motivates us all the time right so shame so it's like kind of like a shame it's like this is my obligation i gotta do it i mean i would be i would be shamed bad if i didn't get flowers for my wife i mean i'd look bad so that's a good motivator right i will wait it's a motivator it's a bad motivator but (laughs) it only goes so far is
4: it kind of i should be thinking about this wrong but is, is it I'm sort of, in my mind, paralleling it with we we do good works. not We don't do good works to be to gain salvation, but we do good works as a result of our salvation, as a result of the love that God has for us. We do those good works. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of likening those two, but, but perhaps that's a good
3: song.
0: Yeah, so it's like what what's motivating us? Is your longing and desire mo- for your wife motivating you, or is it like a Yeah. It's like a guilt. Uh, Yeah. Could be legalistic. Yeah. It's hard to say. Duty is a hard thing to wrap our minds around. So just as we, as we think um, through that, the Song of Solomon is, is a great book to understand longing and desires. Song of Solomon, unfortunately, is not a well-taught book. Um, It's kind of kicked to the side. I'm, I'm, I remember I jokingly said like we were like in our small group, which which book should we study next? And somebody said like Song of Solomon, and everybody laughed and giggled, and and you're like, that's a great book. I mean, it's the the title of the book is um, it's like the greatest song um, ever written is kind of like the Song of Songs. That's what it means, and so it's it's about um, longing and desire of a husband and a wife, right? Before the marriage and then after the marriage. It's that longing for each other. And so what's that the picture of? Christ and the church. Okay. So that longing and desire for each other. If you read that, so like if you guys read that this week and you look at the longing and desire for each other, that's a longing and desire for Christ and the church. And so that's what it's teaching in the in the Song of Solomon um, and those pictures. So That's a great book. Um, We can turn turn to Psalm 42. Can somebody read Psalm 42, 1 and 2? So this is a famous verse because it's a song.
4: Dear pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O oh God. My soul thirsts for you, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God?
0: Yeah. So, so think, think of that. Um, so, in our worship, um, do we pant? Um, does our soul pant for God? Okay. Do we desire and long for God? Okay, so that's what we want to get in our attitude for worship, so in our mindset for that. Psalm 73, can somebody turn to Psalm 73 read 25 and 26?
5: Whom have I in heaven but you? And there is none upon earth that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my
0: fortune for So this is a great thing of of thinking what worship is and it's like my heart and my flesh fail but God you are my strength. So we our worship we take in God. Okay? So God will strengthen us. Who do we have in heaven but God. So just acknowledging that God is everything in that. So on the flip side in Psalm 73, we can read um, um, 22 and 23. So this is when we don't desire God, right? So when we don't worship God, um, I was brutish and ignorant. I was like a beast towards you. Nevertheless, I am continually with you. You hold my right hand. Oh, wait, I should have read 21. When my soul was embittered, when I was pricked in heart, I was brutish and ignorant. I was like a beast towards you. So just, uh, just when our soul gets embittered, when we take our focus off of God, we become embittered and we forget God, right? We become brutish and ignorant towards God. And then in Matthew, I really like Matthew 15, 8. Um, this people honor. This is uh, Jesus quoting Isaiah twenty nine. This this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of man. So the legalistic. When we have man centered things that we do to pretend and look good as a duty, um, to look good or by guilt. Um, when we when we do man centered things to look good. Um, we're actually, but have a heart that's far away from God, um, is not worship. So what Israel was doing was they were sacrificing, doing all the animal sacrifices, doing all the offerings, but their hearts were far from. So they weren't clothing the naked. They weren't feeding the hungry. They weren't um, letting the oppressed go free. They were oppressing people. So just that, that's Isaiah 58. So just that, understanding of when we become, when we do man-centered worship, or trying to do God's commandments in a man-centered way, <clears throat> it's actually a, a heart that is far from God. <clears throat> so that's the mistake that we make when um, when we do personal evangelism. It's a worship problem, okay? So when we start taking and doing man-centered things, then um, if we're doing it by guilt, If we're doing it to look good, if we're shamed into doing it, or we want to do great things for God, it's like, I want, boy, I want to do great things. I want to be great in the eyes of God, right? And we start doing that, those become man centered ways, and then um, evangelism gets very difficult. Or we can be, instead of fearing God, we can fear man. So, how are some ways that we can fear man in our personal evangelism? Huh? Not oh yeah. Evangelizing. Yeah. So, and why? What would be some reasons?
4: Fear, Fear rejection. rejection yeah.
0: Okay. So getting rejected, right? What are softening some? It. Huh? Softening it, softening
3: the, softening the the message.
1: The need.
0: Okay. Yeah. So, changing the message. Mm-hmm. Embarrassing myself.
1: by it wrong
3: or stumble or yeah just feeling like oh, i'll
4: just look foolish yeah. okay. i think it's like softening but compromising the word so, so so that we draw more people in okay so we can you know i think you see it happening a lot and not pointing out particular churches but like larger, mm-hmm. some larger churches i think you can see the compromising of the, the, the word the scripture. To draw a larger crowd because then they can save all those people and save them into water. It's sort of a false
0: uh, pretense. Mm-hmm. Which is harder to do, sharing the uh, gospel with somebody who you know or sharing with somebody who you don't know? Somebody that I know, I think. Okay. Yeah, because and then what's why is that harder? Because because it shouldn't be that way, right? Why shouldn't it be that way?
5: Well, I always thought about that, and I was I answered to myself that it was because I didn't do it the first time I knew that person. Let's say okay, I waited.
0: You waited, okay.
5: Then I think. I should have done that a long time ago. now it's hard for me to do it.
0: Okay. Like you missed your opportunity? Kind of, yeah.
1: Okay. I feel like I have more to lose. Okay. Like I can lose a friend or my neighbor who smiles and waves, My not again? Mm-hmm. It's just better if I just share it yeah. with somebody that I have nothing invested in, so I have very little to lose. Right.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: But it shouldn't be that way because if we have a relationship with that person and we care for that person,
0: obviously we love them more. Right. <laughs> who well who better needs that?
4: But but I'm 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 guilty of it too. You know I don't want to lose a yeah. friend potentially or you know if it's someone that I know doesn't know the Lord I yeah. if I say something and you know, they're never going
0: to see me again. So so can I say so so is would this be an accurate statement to say? Or is this an unfair statement to say? If you don't share the gospel with somebody who, who somebody's close to you, does that prove that you don't love them? Is that accurate, or that you love yourself more than you love them? What would be? So th- I want you guys to discuss that. Like like I said, if if um, this is a discussion centered class. If we don't discuss it, it's gonna be over real quick. So I think your second statement
4: is more true.
0: Okay. So so but yeah. Okay. I'm okay with you throwing me under the bus for this. With what?
1: Like how we differed in this. Like when Kyle and I read this book about loving our neighbors and sharing the gospel with them and then he drug me around the neighborhood giving people honey and cookies and introducing ourselves to them and like... After the third one, I ruined that outgoing one, and our relationship was like, yeah, "I'm pretty done for the day. Let's <laughs> go home." <laughs> I don't know. And I couldn't put words at it that time, and kind of was like, "What? Well, this is way easier than just knocking on doors and talking to people about Jesus, and you've already done that." And I was like, yeah, just <laughs> don't like this.
0: Yeah, I don't. So I, for some reason, I'm really unique, yeah. and. That it's easier to talk to people I know about Jesus because I know them than to talk to complete strangers. <laughs> so, so don't get me wrong, they're both hard. So, um, but I just, um, but I, I think it, it is good to acknowledge that um, it is harder for some reason because you have something to lose, right? Because they could reject you. Um, so we just we just need to acknowledge that and, and think through that on why we do what we do. So I, I don't, my, my goal is not to um, make you feel bad or to shame you guys on that, um, because I'm in that boat too. But what we want to do is just rightly understand where we're wrong thinking, because when we do personal evangelism, if it's an outpouring of worship of God, we won't have these issues or these problems. Because it'll be an issue of why you're not, Doing personal evangelism is because you're happy with the amount of worship you're giving God, right? So it's like I like to worship God this much, and I'm happy with that. And it's like, and so, and, and that's completely fine. And it's like, well, why don't we worship God a little bit more? Wouldn't that be awesome? And so that's what we. What that's what I want to try and um, help you guys in in thinking about how can we worship God more, okay? Because that's the right motive. It's not like, ah, I'm terrible at this. This is awful. And now after this class, I feel worse. So that's not what I want you guys to come out and thinking. It's just, I want you to think it's like, okay, the reason why I struggle with personal evangelism is that I have the wrong motives. And so if I have the right motives and it's like, this is for God's glory, I trust in him. He's going to use me as his instrument. He's going to, every knee will bow, whether or not I personally evangelize. And I just want to get in on this because this is awesome. I want God to get more glory and then I get more joy out of that. This is a win-win situation. So how can we increase our worship of God? Well, before we start diving into evangelism, although we can bring up examples. So when you think of worshiping God, how can you do that more? How can we help with that?
1: I'm talking a lot today, but I'm having a good day. So practice is what the Lord kind of has been pushing me. Okay, I know that I don't want to risk and lose, but practicing helps me uncover my hangups, my sins, my barriers to growth. Okay. So I think, um, just like the first time we learn a worship song, we're not really enjoying it as much as. Good time am sing that worship song to God, but okay. we have to start, okay.
0: so, um, so to work, so, so praise God, right, so through song, that's a great way to doing that, so let, let me read, let me read Psalm 106, this is a great couple of verses, in Psalm 106, both we and our fathers have sinned, and we have committed iniquity. We have done wickedness. Our fathers, when they were in Egypt, did not consider your wondrous works, but they they did not remember the abundance of your steadfast love, but rebelled by the sea at the Red Sea. Okay, so what did Israel not do? And because they not did it, they rebelled. Not keep
4: God's work before them.
0: Okay, so, yeah, like, didn't remember what God has done. So we have to remember. What are we going to remember? God's... His works, what he has done for us. His mighty works. I, I, lo- I really like that. Wondrous works, you'll hear mighty works. What has God done for you personally, like in the last month? I want you to guys to do that right now. Tell me what is an amazing thing God has done. So I'm going to start. God has forgiven my sins. I sin every single day, and he is faithful, and he forgives me every single day. I'm going to give you another one. When I, I keep a record of my prayer requests, and I was just thinking... Um, just what I'm praying for and I had like 30 down that I've been praying for and I and I was like noticed like he answered 10 of them like in the last couple of weeks it's like wow it's like thanks God
4: he's given me the ability to provide for my family
0: okay excellent
2: This time of year is always difficult for me because this is the time of year that my father passed away. Hmm. So he's given me an amazing life to help comfort me. Hmm. Amazing kids that help encourage me. Yeah?
0: Good. Thanks for sharing that. He has
5: provided for for our needs. Daily, mm-hmm. I can get up in the morning and walk in my two feet.
0: So when yeah, so when you're praying and praising God in your prayers, what do you praise Him for? Let's say that right now.
5: Everything that is around me, yeah. a comfortable place to sit down, a nice bed to sleep, a yeah. sunny day or warmth.
0: Yeah.
1: Peace.
0: Peace. Okay. Yeah, Israel's in war right now.
4: Sometimes it's like that Kathy's getting a little better every day. You know, know, it's not been a fast process, it's been a slow process, but every day she's getting a little better. And I've been able to do the things that's necessary to help her
1: as we go through this time.
0: So what are some amazing answers to prayer like in your lifetime that you're blown away by? I remember when we were with, um, we were working with Dr. Osman So in Senegal and we were helping him build his clinic and the price tag of it was $600,000, which is a crazy amount of money. And we were like, okay, well, we got only $300,000. So maybe you should build like half your building now. And he's like, no, we're gonna build the whole building. It's like, okay. So maybe we'll have a foundation. And then the 2008 crisis happened and building materials were cut in half. So it only cost $300,000 to build a building. Mm -hmm. So we were praying on that for a few months. That's a amazing answer to prayer that I would never have thought, because I would have said, hey, somebody would just give me $300,000 more. It's like, no, he did it a different way. I'm sure you guys got a bunch.
3: Well, I just remember I was just out of Moody and uh, down in Kentucky and this lady was, was, she had a tumor on her brain and uh, I went she, and her, mo- her her mother asked me to, to go pray for her. And, uh, well, I, I prayed for her and you know, I asked God's will to be done. And uh, come back a few days, or the next morning, I guess it was, she said, Well, since you prayed the first time in my life, my, I think my tumor is gone. Hmm. And uh, sure enough, when the doctors checked it out, the tumor was gone. Uh and it certainly wasn't my faith (laughs) but it was her faith okay you know she was she just loved us so much and she just knew that we could come to see her she would get healed and but it was a marvelous it's in the book that i wrote but anyhow
0: okay yeah cool that's an amazing answer to prayer like you you pray and then god heals and the doctors are dumbfounded isn't that great Mm -hmm. like how did that happen
4: We were in the process of adoption, um, gosh, it's been, I guess, six years ago now, Uh, and my wife had seen a picture of a boy, and and he was listed with the name of Beecham, which is her maiden name. She wasn't sure why. Uh, They actually didn't know why he was listed as Beecham, Uh, so we started to pray that that boy would find a family, that God would raise a family for that boy. We weren't, we didn't think there was any chance that we would be able to adopt him because he, his file with another agency, etc. There's lots of red tape and loopholes, or not loopholes, but red tape and, and things hoops you have to jump through. Long story short, over the period of a couple of years, um, we found out that he, we we found out he had a family. We didn't know who that family was. At first, we sort of mourned because we we wanted. To adopt him and then we mm. said well we should be praising god because we've asked for a family for this boy and why are we why, why are we mourning That's selfish mm. and then we found out later that day that we were the family
3: oh um, and, and it all came back to his his, <laughs>
4: his 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 name was Beecham in in the in, on, on the website and they said we don't know we just always call him but we have no idea why his name was listed as Beecham. Huh? we've never gotten an answer as to why well i mean i know why but um and you know, Bo and, and we also Bo has Down syndrome we didn't, we knew he had Down syndrome but we thought we didn't know what his situation was to be able to walk to be able to feed himself you know being, he's from China so you just don't always know the full story of the kids there I mean he's when we went and we, when we met him for the first time in person he was, he was running around feeding himself like all of this I mean, he still has Down syndrome obviously but like mm. you know God was obviously amazing faithful, and um, that none of that could be explained in any other way other than these were all God-ordained things to set these things in
0: place. Amen. So so don't forget God's mighty works, His amazing things. Remember those. Praise Him for all those things. That will build a worship in your hearts um, so that when... When um, when we work on our desires, we have the right must, okay? So we the must comes out of a longing and a desire, an outflow of our desire for Him, and our outflow of desire that we want others to glorify and praise Him, um, when you think that, okay? Any questions, I have a few minutes, um, if you wanna have any questions or anything. The homework is going to be, um, if you wanna take it for credit, um, is these two musts um, define the two musts and then give an example of personal evangelism for those two musts if you had those if that makes sense and if that doesn't make any sense just email me and I can clarify a little bit more so um, what we want is uh, a right attitude and a right out overflow I also come in to you to read Song of Solomon and just trying to look at those desires Um, what does it mean to have a longing for God? Um, So the metaphor of the husband and wife relationship is a great metaphor for that, which is why he created it. Any questions? All right. Okay, well, let's close in prayer here. Father, uh, we're thankful for um, your glory. We're thankful for who you are and that you're unchanging that your merciful, your steadfast love for us is evident every single day when you renew your mercies to us every single day. Lord, we're thankful um, for your mighty deeds, your wondrous works, and the biggest one is that um, you have redeemed this world for your glory, Lord. And we want to praise your name. Help us do that well as an outflowing. Forgive us for when we do things um, out of guilt or selfishness, We don't want to be uh, centered around ourselves. We want to be centered and have all our actions centered around you and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.